Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to The Code. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix with Physio Room. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a physical therapist, been with Physio Room for a few years, and i um, excited to be coming at you guys with another episode here on The Code. However you're tuning into this, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever that might be on your phone, on the computer, I just appreciate you guys taking the time to tune into this. I mean, if you're coming to this on YouTube, potentially, whatever it might be, appreciate your time. Hopefully you get something of value out of this. We're going to do one of those shorter solo episodes today. And we're going to just try to get a little bit more um, specific with one of the episodes that we've done earlier on this show. So if you have listened to other episodes of The Code, you may remember one from early on, um, early in the springtime of 20. 22 when we started this show, uh, and it was titled The Code to Sleep Hygiene. So on that episode, we went through uh, 11 or 12 steps of how you can try to optimize your sleep hygiene. And um, a lot of the information in that podcast came out of a book that I read called Why We Sleep with uh, Dr. Matthew Walker. He's the author of that. So if you haven't heard that podcast, I'd recommend you go tune into that one. That's going to be a little bit more lengthy and have more detail than what this one's going to be. Um, but this is still a question that we get asked a lot at Physio Room, specifically myself. I talk about sleep a lot with uh, with clients that I'm working with. And if any of you guys are listening to this, that are clients of mine, you know that that is probably true. And this, the reason I'm recording this podcast is because one of those clients in particular asked me like, you know, I've read so much stuff about sleep and how I can improve my sleep, but like, what are the, what are the main areas to focus on? Like, what are the highlights, right? If I'm going to try to improve my sleep, there's a bunch of things that I could do, but what should I do? Like, what's going to be the best use of my time? What's going to make the biggest impact instead of trying to implement these like 15 different ideas. What if I just wanted to start with one or two or three, like which one should I focus on that are going to have the biggest impact on my sleep? What's going on, code listeners? Dr. Andrew Fix here. And I want to tell you about our friends at Element. Element makes a tasty electrolyte drink with everything that you need and nothing that you don't. That means the science-backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. And that's why I use it. I've been taking Element for two years now, and I absolutely love the stuff, and I wouldn't want to exercise without it. For all of you code listeners and friends of Physio Room, Element's offered a special to you guys, and I want you to take advantage of it. Go ahead and visit drinkelement.com slash physioroom. That's drinklmnt.com slash physioroom to receive that special offer. You're going to get a free variety pack with any purchase that you place, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks so much. So to answer that question, uh, we record a podcast. So I'm going to give you a couple highlights, three or four tips on improving your sleep quality. And, you know, why I chose these three was because they're ones that are, for the most part, totally within your control, right? Of course, 
you know, people are in different situations, different living situations. Maybe you have roommates, maybe you have a spouse whose schedule is different. Maybe you have a child or multiple young child, uh, children. And, um, that's going to impact your ability to, to implement one of these for sure. But these are things largely that are within your control, uh, which is why I chose these because some of the other things, um, you know, are a little bit harder. Like I have found that myself and clients, we have a difficult time, um, you know, getting the screens out of our face, turning the television off, getting the phone put away because so much of our life revolves around that cell phone and that computer that sometimes it's a little tough to, to implement that. But these three items, uh, you know, the code's top three tips for sleep quality. Number one, without any further ado, setting a consistent schedule or what we call time anchors. Right. So what that means is picking a consistent time that you're going to go to bed and wake up basically every single day, right? Not just Monday through Friday. This includes the weekends too. So if you can implement this on the weekends, your opportunities start to set a consistent schedule and to try and program your circadian rhythm to get used to resting and waking at the same time is going to be so much better able to do that. Um, so what I recommend the clients when they're like asking me, you know, how much wiggle room is there in this type of a situation? I give the guideline of about 30 minutes. Okay. So what that means is I'll use the example that I like to do 9 PM is when I generally try to go to bed. Right. Or why don't we say, why don't we say 9 30 for the sake of this example? So if I want to go to bed at 9 30 and then generally I wake up at about 5.30. So I try to give myself that eight-hour window of time that I'm actually spending in bed trying to sleep, not you know laying on my phone or whatever, talking with my wife, but eight hours dedicated to trying to sleep so that I can get approximately seven hours because what I know from reading that book and from wearing the whoop band that I wear um, and having this wearable is every moment that I spend in bed, I'm not actually spending sleeping, right? You're spending a portion of that time sleeping, but not the whole time. So if I'm trying to go to bed at 9.30, about 30 minutes of wiggle room, you know, I try to make sure as many nights as possible, I'm getting to bed between 9 and 10. And then as many days as possible, I'm waking up around 5.30, 5.45, 6 o'clock, somewhere in that like 30-minute window, maybe 5 a.m. I think I have the alarm set actually for 5.20 tomorrow because I have to be somewhere that's a little further away by 7 a.m. But I don't want to stray too far from that, that morning waking time that I'm used to. So if you're going to do anything to try and improve your sleep quality, that would be the number one thing that I recommend you do because you can set your schedule. You can start to program your circadian rhythm to know when you're going to bed, when you should be tired, when you're waking up. And the more often you can stick to that, the better off you're going to be from a sleep quality standpoint. And your body's going to actually rest when you want it to rest. So when you're going to bed, hopefully with that, steady, consistent schedule. The more you can, tip number two, set up your environment to be dark and cool, the better off you're going to be, right? So, so in the book or just in general, if you can have the darkest bedroom possible, that's going to be better for letting your eyes, your brain rest so that you can actually get some good quality sleep. So in our bedroom, that requires room darkening shades because there's streetlights out there that's keeping it pretty bright inside of our house. And, you know, I also have a sleeping mask sitting next to my bed. 
because every once in a while, my wife and I's schedule doesn't perfectly align. She wakes up for, you know, trips to the airport, traveling for work, these types of things. So I've got the sleep mask sitting there to cover my eyes close, like within an arm's reach. I also have a pair of earplugs sitting there so that, you know, I can keep it, keep it quiet if she has to like get ready for work in the morning or get ready for a trip that she's going on. And then, you know, I often share that mask with her if, um, you know, if hers maybe is packed away or whatever, but that helps us control that environment just a little bit. As far as the cool temperature goes, you know, research suggests probably about 65 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, some people maybe wanted it just a couple degrees warmer, 66, 68, something like that. But I would definitely recommend being under that 70 degrees because from a sleep standpoint, you're going to allow your body to rest more easily. Your body temperature actually is going to rise a little bit while you're sleeping. So being just a little bit cold when you go to bed is usually okay. Um, but of course, there's other things that are going to play a factor in that, right? It's Colorado right now where I'm recording this. It's hot you guys. I mean, it's been really warm lately and there's a financial consideration when we're doing this, right? When you are um, either trying to turn the heat up higher in the winter to get your bedroom to a certain temperature or crank the AC in the summer. But, um, but we're talking about sleep quality on this episode. We're not talking about necessarily finances, but there's other ways that you can go to accomplish this as well. Um, there are bed cooling systems, things like Uller's, uh, chili pad or chili sleep, um, different brands out there that make devices meant for this exact purpose to help keep your body cool. And you could maybe even have a slightly different one than your spouse, right? If you have, um, a separate one on each side, or maybe one of you uses it and one of you does not, um, just different ways that you can accomplish this, but having the room be dark and cool or dark and cold, um, you know, as much as you can minimize that light, I mean, I actually have, we have a smoke detector in our bedroom and I actually have a little sticker. I think I have a double, like two stickers, double layer put over this green light that shines on this smoke detector to let me know that the battery is, you know, working fine. But, um, but I can still see the, like a faint green through the sticker. So I still know that the battery is fine, but it is so much more dim rather than this really bright light shining in our bedroom. Cause when it's pitch black in there, that green light is pretty obnoxious. So we covered it up and, um, whether it's just in my head or whether it's in real life that it actually makes a difference through my eyelids, you know, I guess I don't really care because I know it's dark and, uh, and that's good for me mentally. It helps me help me rest better at night. So cool and dark tip number two. And then thirdly, definitely not, um, you know, last but least type of thing. Um, last but not least is avoiding caffeine and alcohol later in the day before bedtime, right? So as far as caffeine goes, the half-life of caffeine usually is like six to eight hours that it takes to break down and get eliminated from your system to not really have the stimulation effects on your brain. So if that's the case, say you're going to bed at that nine, 10 range, I mean, you probably need to not have caffeine past like three in the afternoon or two in the afternoon, depending on what you're shooting for. Generally, the recommendations based on the average person's schedule is don't have caffeine past three or four in the afternoon because most people are probably going to bed 10 o'clock or, or something like that for the average kind of schedule that people have. Um, as far as alcohol goes, you know, there are so many studies that talk about how alcohol interrupts sleep quality. Right. And we're not talking about helping you feel drowsy at night type of thing. A lot of people feel like, you know, I have a nightcap. It helps me fall asleep. We're talking about the quality of the sleep that you get. There are so many studies that talk about 
how you aren't getting true rest when you have that alcohol before bedtime. So of course, I've always been a fan of, you know, if I'm going to go out and enjoy some drinks with friends socially or whatever, um, I prefer to do that during the day. It just seems more fun to me to be outside with friends. Hopefully the weather's nice type of thing. Um, as opposed to after dinner, having, having a few beverages, um, of course, you know, research and sleep, as far as that goes, you'd be better off not having any drinks at all. But for a lot of people, there's a huge social and, uh, relational impact to, to having alcohol or, or having meals, big social interaction. So that's really important too. That's really important for our health, for our wellness. And, um, you know, so I'm not going to tell you that you should never have anything to drink. I, I do occasionally. And, um, if you do too, I'm not going to be mad at you, uh, to each their own, as far as that's concerned, everything in moderation, of course, though, right. You guys, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. And, um, but if you can avoid caffeine in the afternoon, if you can avoid alcohol closer to bedtime, the chances are that you are not going to allow those things to have as much of a negative impact on your sleep quality. So to recap this list, if you're looking to hit the cliff notes and hit the highlights on like what things can you implement relatively easily to have the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest bang for your buck as far as sleep quality goes, it's setting a consistent schedule. That's probably the most important one. If I had to choose one, that's the one it would be. It's setting up your environment to be dark and cold so that your body knows, Hey, this is what, this is the time to sleep. And then if you can try not to utilize things or put things into your body at an inopportune time that are going to negate the sleep that you're trying to get right. The alcohol and the caffeine late in the day. So those are the three things, the codes, top three sleep quality tips. This list is subject to change. We may find out more information and we're always looking to improve on this show. So Stay tuned for any future episodes. Again, I really appreciate you jumping in on here to listen to uh, to the code and listen to me ramble on about sleep quality. I hope you get something useful out of this. And if you start to implement these tips, I would love to know how it goes and see what your you know what differences you're noticing. What are you feeling? And uh, is it working for you? Please send us a message. Please leave us a review on this podcast. And uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day, everybody.